Thank you for listening to the Sisters Podcast with Pastor Vilma and the Rivers team. Be sure to subscribe for a monthly dose of encouragement and inspiration to help you in your daily life. We pray that this message will help you in whatever season of your life you might be in. Well, wonderful, 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 wonderful to see people. And to see God's gorgeous girls in person. And uh, if you tried, those who are online, try again. Hopefully next month we will still be able to have 250 people. We'll just take it as it comes. Amen. But uh, absolutely wonderful to see you. We've missed you. Uh, Simi mentioned there's something very special when God's girls come together and worship. There's such a sweetness in the voices of girls. They like I can imagine like the angels. It's just too precious for words. Well, let me just look at you for a moment. I always look at you, whether it's COVID or not, but now especially because I haven't seen you for 14 months. It's unbelievable. Okay, so before I sit down and invite some of the girls up, and I realize this can go up, but don't touch it, okay? I'm gonna stand right on top of this thing, okay? Is that okay? Don't, don't let me go up into heaven on this thing. Come on, let's just put, I can't put my hand on my heart, but you do that in person and at home. And Father, we just want to thank you. We take nothing for granted. We take every day as a gift from you. Um, every day we learn lessons from you. And Lord, we're here tonight to, to learn. We're here to experience you in your, in your majesty and your glory by worshiping you and touching heaven so that earth can change. And, and also, Lord, we pray that the word that will be shared will, will have meaning for many people, that it will touch their, their, their spirits, and, Lord, it will quicken them and it will encourage them, especially in these times. We need all the encouragement that we can get. So we just commit this evening and the word to you and every person here or at home, we commit them to you with all their needs. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So I'm going to invite the girls, they know who they are, to join me and uh, we're going to sit at the table tonight um, and share. I do kind of one month at the table and one month not at the table. Um, so you okay with that, ladies? And those at home, I'm sure. And as it would happen, you know, you put your iPad ready and then you press that off button. Anyway, it's back on again. So I just want to say that, you know, last year, I'll come to my point. What's all this chocolate cake and recipe books and beautiful Lorna in the front over there? But last year during lockdown, many, many, many people started baking bread and baking banana bread. And I remember baking once a week, sometimes twice a week. Uh, and I don't quite know how it happened, but it just caught on. And there we were. And for us who don't eat wheat, it was really wonderful. I experimented with almond flour and coconut flour. I even baked red velvet cupcakes for Simi's birthday. I'm not, I'm not even a baker. I mean, I'm, I'm not like a baker at all. But, uh, you know, it, it, it was to bless my family. It gave me a lot of satisfaction and purpose. Anyone can relate? Anyone here 
Wow, look at that. Wow, that's wonderful. Well, all of this baking uh, brought me back to the second book that I wrote. The first one is Small Beginnings, and the second one is Life as a Chocolate Cake. So I'm looking for it. Is it underneath my iPad? No. Anyway, I think it's up on the screen. I don't know if it is. Here we go. So I'm not actually, look, we're selling them at 100 Rand. I don't even think, I think I paid more than 100 Rand to print these things. But it's, it's a 10-year celebration of life as a chocolate cake. And when I started going down this road, I wasn't even thinking about the fact that this was 10 years ago, 2011, that I wrote this book. I just had something happen and God quickened a passage of scripture uh, to me that I want to share again with you. Um, but it, it got me thinking about, you know, recipes again. And our lives, our spiritual lives are pretty much, very much like a recipe. And, you know, if there are no ingredients, there is no recipe. And without a recipe, you can't see an amazing cake. Or I've got a beautiful banting chocolate cake here. Apparently, I can do something with this. But anyway, we'll talk about that later. But, but you know, our lives are pretty much like a recipe. And, um, you know, I was just thinking, you know, maybe you've got a favorite recipe that, that you love, whether it's a lasagna or a butter chicken. Uh, let's not stop a chocolate cake because, you know, recipes are beyond baking. There, there's so much we can do with our recipes. I mean, so perhaps you have a favorite one and... Um, you, you know, it's very much like um, finding a map and looking for treasure in a way, isn't it? When you find this, you eat a meal at someone's house and you want that recipe, and now you've got this recipe, it's like a map. You're going in for that treasure and you're going to pull it out of the oven or whatever, uh, or, or from the stove, and you know it's going to be absolutely wonderful, flavorful, and amazing. All right, so the panel tonight. These are the girls that I've invited because they work very closely with me. There are many of us, um, and I can't have them all. We're physically distancing, so I can't have them. And I've had, during lockdown and online, I've had a lot of girls join me at the table. But I want to introduce you to Mel, Melanie. I love Mel. Mel is, she is the life of the party. You know, when I, when we're in the office and I'm at work, um, when we are at work, um, uh, and, and Mel, Mel's at the office, I, 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 I'm, I'm so like overjoyed because she just lights up our lives. She has a laugh that you have no idea about. You can hear her laughing through three doors away. And it just, she's just such a spark. And she's from Cape Town, my hometown as well. So we have a real connection. But I'm going to ask all of them, starting with Mel, um, to, to, to answer just one question. Do you have a favorite recipe? And is there a spiritual lesson for you that will help the ladies here tonight. Thank you, Pastor Wilma. I do have a favorite recipe, and it is from Cape Town. It's donuts, or Cook Sisters, as some of us know it. And part of the recipe in getting everything ready 
is also you add all the ingredients and then you make sure that you cover it. And there's two stages in the recipe where you have to cover it and wait. You have to wait for that recipe's dough to rise to as big as it can go. Then you separate it into the different portions and you have to wait again. Now I do know that if I'm not waiting and for the process, I'll have a problem because it will go flat. And nobody wants to eat a flat donut or cook sister. And in the same in life, we have to wait. We do our part, we pray, we stand before God in prayer and supplication. We say, God, we are wanting from you. And then at the same time, we have to be sure that we wait patiently. So waiting is one thing, but waiting patiently is another. You have a situation where you can't become angry, you can't become aggravated, you can't compare to that other sister who has seemingly all the blessings. We have to patiently wait. And when we patiently wait, we have hope. We continue to trust and believe that God is going to come through and we will get our blessing. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Okay, I, I want to honor my PA, Mona, tonight because she'll go to the ends of the earth for Pastor Andre and I. I have to single her out because during the really, really hard lockdown and even to, to this day, she does our shopping for us. It's something I always said I would never let a PA go shopping for me because it's not the Lord's work. She must PA around the office and, and do the Lord's work for us. But we had no choice but to have her serve us in this way. And so Mona is a very deep lady. She's um, very spiritual, um, very much in love with God, with life and with people. She's very much um, a family lady, um, her family is amazing. She's got a beautiful husband, two beautiful children, and um, I love spending time with Mona. You can tell us your, your recipe, Mona. Okay, so I don't really have a favorite recipe, but if I had to choose one, I would choose a family favorite, which would be a perfect lamb curry. And uh, talking about lamb curry, I know the, the weather is perfect to have a lamb curry. So sorry if I'm making you feel this way. Um, when I think of cooking a lamb curry, the first thing I think about would be the quantity of my lamb. And then I would think of whether I'm going to add potatoes. In most cases, we do add potatoes. So I'll think of the quantity of potatoes I'm going to add in. There's, there's days when I'll do a small quantity. And there's days where I can do a large quantity for 20 or 30 people. And the thought around this is, I'm thinking of the word balance. So when I cook, I'll have to make sure that my quantity of meat and the quantity of potatoes is correct. So if I have a small portion of meat and a half a bag of potatoes, it's not gonna look good. In the same way, 
if I have a whole lot of meat and I have just one potato chopped in there, it's not going to look right and it's not going to taste right. The same with life. I think we need to find a balance in everything that we do, whether it's our work life, our family life, relationships, relationships with our family or with our friends. We just try and make that work. Even our balance in whether it's being on social media, our balance with our time with God, and even a balanced diet. I mean, we can't be going to the gym five or seven times a week and then every night have a biscuit with your coffee. It's not going to work. But there are times when I needed to stretch. <laughs> there are days when I needed to stretch that recipe a bit. When I started cooking and then I hear, oh, there's going to be a few more people coming to the party. Then I would add a little bit more potatoes because by then it'll be too late to add in more meat. With that said, the stretch is fine, but the curry is not as good as I, as I would have loved it to be, but it works for that evening. So sometimes it's good to stretch ourselves, but we can't live in that space. Mm. We can't. That's <laughs> There's been times when I needed to give more attention to my work. There's been times when I needed to give more attention to my kids but we can't live in that. We need to find the balance and see what works for us. The correct proportions is what we need to make things work. Beautiful. And at the same time, um, there's been times when my curry didn't turn out the way I wanted it, or the, from the last time when someone commented, I may have added a little bit too much of curry powder, or a little bit too much of salt, and that does happen. So I have to quickly try and find a way to try and fix that. I improvise, maybe just add a tomato and make it cook a little bit longer. And that's like finding a way to win in a situation like that. And even in life, it's great. things don't always turn out the way we want, to, want it to, but we try and find a way to win and to make, turn the situation around. So I think that's just my thoughts, Pastor Bulma. Thank that's you. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. Well, the other three girls are pretty much regulars around the table, and for the sake of time, I'm just going to quickly mention Moning works in our space, senior pastors, and she assists Mona. But we're going to ask you that question, your favorite recipe, please. And don't forget to look at the ladies at home as well, okay? Yes. They know already. So one of my all-time favorite recipes is a Cremora tart, which I haven't made in ages, but uh, it's made up of four key ingredients. And the first ingredient is biscuits for the base. And then there's condensed milk, which all of us love, even though we don't want to admit it. Um, <laughs> and then there's lemon, fresh squeezed lemon juice. And then for whatever reason, you add Cremora, like the regular coffee and Cremora. And what this recipe makes me think of is the tennis biscuits are the foundation. And in this world, there are a lot of foundations upon which we can build our lives. But just like there's different types of biscuits, I believe the best ones are tennis biscuits. And I think the word of God, the way of God are the tennis biscuits that we should be building our lives on. Amen. The next ingredient is lemons. Now, some people don't like lemons. Lemons is like the things in life that happen that we don't have control over. We lose loved ones, we go through challenges, we have health scares and that kind of thing that there's not much we can do to stop it, but we need to navigate those seasons and trust God and look to him to see us through those seasons. And then there's condensed milk. 
We love condensed milk. It's sweet, it's delicious, it's decadent. And that's kind of like all the good things in life, the people we love, the things we love to do, the blessings of God, um, all of the nice things in life that we like. And then there's the cremora, and I don't understand why people put cremora in their coffee when you can just put milk, but for whatever reason we have to add cremora. I don't like it. I think it's bland. It doesn't taste like anything. But cremora is like those things in life that are like random and plain and boring and not exciting, but we need them. Things that grow us, things that increase our capacity, um, things that grow our character, things that make us uncomfortable but make us move to the next level, things that we'd rather not choose but are part of God's plan for, for our, the growth of our lives. And I think the most interesting thing is when you mix all these ingredients together, the sweet, the sour, and the bland, it just makes the most beautiful, sweet wow. dessert. And I think it's the same with life and basing our life, our foundation on God and all the experiences that we go through, they just make, that's, that's the dessert of life. Beautiful. Thank you, Mo. And then Simi, who works in our department as well, does all the visuals and just happens to be my baby. What is your favorite recipe? So my favorite recipe is um, a bolognese dish. And um, I, I learned it about 12 years ago when I first started cooking for myself. And it's, it's a nice, authentic Italian recipe. And... Um, I love perfecting it and getting like the sauce like nice and light and tasty and putting the herbs and everything in it. Um, but the sad thing about this recipe, as much as I absolutely love it, I can't eat it anymore. So with, with becoming sick, I have a very strict dietary requirements. And pasta, although it is of the Lord, is not allowed in this diet. Um, Wheat is like the fourth part of the Trinity. It's so good, but but no, I can't I can't have it. Or oh, I can only have it very rarely, but not not as often as I perhaps would have liked. And in the same way, as we move forward towards a Christian walk, there are many things that we perhaps might absolutely love that we may just have to leave behind and move forward. Or make changes or adjustments. I mean, there are there are some alternatives that I've been able to do with that exact dish. I mean, I've I've had to say goodbye, but there is there is a way forward. And there's so many other things that I've been able to discover by saying goodbye to that particular dish. So as frustrating and upsetting and sad and stressful it might be, the less you have those sorts of things, you actually lose a taste for it, and uh, you discover so the good. Lord's goodness, and um, you discover wow. new things. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. And then, of course, Kogila, that we all know and love, who's just faithful and loyal and a handmaiden in the house, serves beautifully, does everything <laughs> so well. Will you tell us your favorite? So, Pastor Wilma, like Mona, I don't have a favorite recipe, but I'm going to go big tonight, and I'm going to talk about the lamb or the mutton biryani, Okay. <laughs> So the interesting fact about the mutton biryani is it takes, it actually has more than 30 ingredients, full of flavors and lots of different textures to make this exotic meal. Um, also, when the, at the invention, when the biryani first started in India or wherever it started, it was a meal prepared for royalty, for kings and queens. 
And um, when I think of a biryani, it all starts the night before, girls. You've got to marinate your meat, you've got to put your spices together, and you've got to let that sit in the fridge for about eight hours. Now you're looking at me and saying, Kogi, I've cooked a biryani in two hours. So did I. But there's no quick fixes to life. Because if you want the real deal, if you want to live a big, expansive life, although it might, if you take shortcuts, it might look good. Your life might look encouraging, but it's not the way it, it was meant to be. It's not what God designed for you. Now, on day two, we've marinated this meat. We start to prepare and layer this biryani together. Now, the biryani is an interesting dish because all of your little, everything's cooked separately. So you cook your rice separately, your lentils separately, your potatoes separately, and your lamb, like Mona's lamb curry, separately. And then you layer it, and you pop it in the oven for two hours, and out comes this most exotic, luxurious dish worthy of a king. But when I look at that, when I looked at the potatoes and the rice and the lentils, they don't look like much, does it? It's very much a picture of your life. Our lives are, uh, are there's different compartments. If I look at my relationship, that could just be potatoes. On its own, it's just a relationship. If I look at my work life, work life is, has got a different um, dimension. You've got your relationship with God, you've got your relationship with people, and if you keep them all separate, they just become quite bland. But if you merge them and you put them together, you actually live out the complete purpose that God wants in your life. Relationship with Him and relationship with each other. Now, there's always a secret ingredient. The secret ingredient to biryani is fried, burnt onion on the top. It brings out the aroma. It brings out this most beautiful flavor. And for me in life, if you've gone through stuff, those burnt moments in wow. your life, if wow. you can overcome it, if you garnish your life with those moments, you'll bring out the aroma and the taste that's needed to be an example to others and others can feed off this beautiful meal that you've presented as you've lived this full life. And to end, I said when we started that this was a meal prepared for kings. If we live a full life and use everything that God's placed in us, we hear our life is here to serve the king, Beautiful. King Jesus. Beautiful. Wow. And as we do that and we make sure and ensure that all areas of our lives come together, we can do that and we can glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. Come on, let's give them another hand. Thank you, Kogi. Such wisdom, and I promise it's going to go somewhere right now, okay? So I've prepared a, a message entitled, A Recipe for Life. And uh, I've taken the characteristics that Peter writes about uh, in 2 Peter chapter 1 from verse 3 to 11, quite a chunk of scripture. But he writes about ingredients that we need to grow a strong spiritual life. And uh, let's start from verse 3. He writes, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. 
For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he's nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never fall and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Sila, think about it. Go home and read it again. I think what God wants from us more than ever in the world that we're living in now is to have a strength and to have resolve and to add qualities to our lives. And, and I'll unpack it for us in a moment. It begins with a faith in Jesus. You know, Peter... Um, a follower of Jesus and one of the leaders of the church gave us some ingredients for an even better, more fulfilling life in Christ. A recipe that will keep us from being ineffective and unproductive in our knowledge of the Lord and our walk with the Lord. That's really what I see from this, what has been my revelation, what I see from this. So here's Peter's recipe for an effective and productive life. Number one this evening, begin with a personal relationship with Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That's the bottom line. That's the tennis biscuits. That is the beginning. That is the foundation. Without Jesus adding all those other ingredients, there's no stickability here. There's no real recipe here. Amen? And so I'm not talking about just any faith, uh, not faith in another way. Uh, Pastor Andre often has alluded to, to us, can, you know, we, we can be Christians, but we sort of embrace a few new agey things and uh, crystals perhaps, um, things that are not in the Word of God. And, you know, we've got to have faith in Jesus who is the way who is the truth and the life. And uh, if we've been Christians for a long time, um, we need to examine ourselves. Now, maybe this is not what you want to hear tonight, um, but this is where I live. This is, for me, as a Christian of over four decades, I should know a lot better and I'm harder on myself than I, than I am on anyone else. And, um, you know, I, I, I knew a lady, and I, I won't mention her. She's, she's, she's grown a lot. She's no longer around near our space. But when I met her many years ago, she was, although younger than me, she was older in the faith than I was. And she mentioned at that stage she had served the Lord for several decades, and um, she's an example to me of how I shouldn't have been. She wasn't a role model for me. And I take her, I, I, I 
try and keep the context here and make sure you don't misunderstand what I'm saying. There are people in the kingdom that are not necessarily your role models. And we all of us, especially if we say we've known God for a very long time, 10, 15, 20, the longer you've known God, the better you should know <laughs> what God requires from us. And um, we need to examine ourselves. We find that in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5 from the NIV, it says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you unless, of course, you fail the test? So we need to examine our own heart before God regularly. I think this is a time that we need to examine because we've been away from church, we've been out of fellowship, we've been disconnected, we've been isolated, and maybe there's been a spill over into the way that we don't spend time with God, perhaps, where we don't pray, perhaps. I think this is a very, very good time for us to, to have a contrite heart, to have a humility before God, and to, to let your faith, not your head, uh, your, your heart, not your head, be in charge of, of, of who you are in Christ. You know, Pastor Andre did a, um, a staff meeting with us yesterday, and he spoke about how when we come into the presence of God, how we ought to humble ourselves and um, very much, didn't quote the scripture, but very much just then spoke to me yesterday, I'd already prepared it, and he said, sometimes you have to go into the presence of God and say, woe is me. Woe is me. Woe is me. That is what Isaiah said to the Lord when the Lord called him. He said, woe is me. <laughs> For I'm a man of unclean lips, you know, because we actually need to humble ourselves and recognize that we, we're not all that. And 40 whatever years doesn't make you all that. You need to examine yourself. Okay, so secondly tonight, add goodness and an equal amount of knowledge. You start with your faith, that is the bottom line. Now you're adding goodness and an equal amount of knowledge. That is your recipe, or you're writing it down. Uh, you know, adding goodness, it's not being good for salvation or to be saved, but adding good deeds as a result of salvation. Goodness is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And so that is why it ought to be part of our daily lives. Now, we're not going to be perfect. and We're, not, we're going to have bad days. We're not going to get it right all the time. But that's why Peter, uh, Peter was saying, you need to keep adding it, keep on doing it, keep adding it in increasing measure. Amen. And then when it comes to the knowledge of God's word, um, it means we are students forever. We, we never can say we've read the one-year Bible through 10 years in a row, we know it all. There's always revelation that comes fresh. His mercies are new every morning. His revelation comes fresh. Say, scriptures that you've read for many years will suddenly become alive. I go to Pastor Andre, and I mean, even yesterday I went to him, I read something in my morning devotion, I said, I have read that verse so many, many times, 
and God spoke to me in a different way. It, it's just so beautiful because the word of God is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, a sword, amen? And so we students, are we going to be learning um, and, and we're going to be hearers of the word and we're going to also be doers of the word. The word will feed us, the word will train us uh, to know God and his commands, amen? And the word is what is going to help us to be effective and productive and we cannot sidestep the word and we cannot rewrite the word. Too many people are wanting, even in the church, us as leaders to sidestep some verses about lifestyle and, uh, and, and, and looking for the rewritten word. Be careful of new Bible translations. Pastor Andre is constantly, as a staff, teaching us and training us about sticking to good Bible translations, very good ones, not, um, not commentaries. Some, some Bibles come across as they are commentaries, or um, you know, they're so paraphrased that they actually don't mean what the original word actually speaks about. So be old-fashioned. Go to the New King James Version if you like. I, for me, I like the New Living Translation, uh, Pastor Andre likes the nearly infallible version of the Bible, which is the NIV. We also love the, the, liv the, the living Bible, right? And the good news. The good news was actually one of the first Bibles we, we got when we first came to know the Lord. So, yeah, we need to add these ingredients to our faith to, to help us become effective and productive. We do not want to be ineffective Christians, we do not want to be unproductive Christians. Amen. Number three, stir in self-control and perseverance. I'm just doing two by two just for the sake of time. Self-control means self-discipline, willpower, restraint, and self-will. In fact, the chapter on self-control in uh, Life is a Chocolate Cake is probably the longest chapter because it covers finance, marriage, food, anger, and the tongue. Proverbs 25 verse 28 says, a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. You see, God wants us to add self-control to our faith, to our knowledge. Amen, he wants us to add that. And we can do it. We, we, we cannot be Christians who say, I just can't help myself. I took this banting cake home with me and I chowed it until three o'clock in the morning. No, we can do all things through Christ who gives us the strength, amen? Self-control is an ingredient we need to keep adding to the recipe of our lives. And then perseverance means to never give up. Let's persevere in our faith. Let's persevere in the word. Let's persevere in our marriage. God perseveres with us, and he never, ever gives up on us. Let's be like him, amen? Let's be like him. Hebrews 10, 36 says, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he promised what he has promised, amen. So perseverance is an ingredient and a characteristic we need in our lives if we wanna be effective Christians and productive Christians. Number four, 
combine with godliness and a good amount of mutual affection. Godliness means to be devout, righteousness, and moral uprightness. And the, the life application New Testament commentary says God gives us everything we need for godly living. It's actually in that passage that I've just read. To keep us from sin and to help us to live for him, godly means moral uprightness and honoring of God. And then add a good amount of mutual affection, also known as brotherly or sisterly love. You know, I can't bear it um, as a leader, as a pastor, and someone that's, that lives to serve God and the house of God and the people of God. I can't bear it when people are hateful to one another in the church when they break one another down in the church, when they won't reconcile with one another in the church. I really struggle with it. And really what, what Peter is writing about here is you've got to have that good amount of mutual affection for one another and brotherly love. Amen. John 13, 34 and 35 says, A new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. He says it twice in the New King James Version. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you, love, if you have love for one another. In other words, you want to be effective and you want to be productive. You want to be effective and productive? Love one another. Brotherly love in the New Testament is the Greek word Philadelphia. We read about the Church of Philadelphia in the book of Revelations, which really means the church of brotherly love and sisterly love. Wouldn't it be wonderful if as a church, as a denomination, which we now are with several campuses, that we are known as the church of brotherly love and sisterly love. Amen. Number five, mix thoroughly and bake with an abundance of love. Now we just looked at brotherly love. Now we're looking at another love. Yes, we're looking at agape love. There's, there are five loves that I don't have time to go into, and I have shared on that. But the God kind of love, the unconditional love, you hurt me, but I forgive you. For the sake of brotherly love, for the sake of the ingredients that I need to add to my life so that I can be effective and productive for the kingdom of God and please God, I'm, I'm going to overlook that and I'm going to move on. Amen. So our first love must be to the Lord and then to people. Mark 12, 29 verse 31. Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this, listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. Shall I say that again? The Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. That's with your entire being with everything that is within you. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. You know, in today's world, people want us to love them. And that's what we're called to do. But they also want us to love their wrong choices, even within the church. They want us to agree with them with their disobedience to God. 
But as Pastor Andre has taught us, yes, we must love people, but we must love God more. <laughs> I, I loved it when he shared that several months, probably more than a year ago. Um, yes, I love you, but I love God more, which means his precepts, his values, his, his commandments, that is what I love. I love God and his word are one. Amen. God and his word are one. If, if we say we love God, we need to keep his commandments. And I'm talking hopefully to mature women of God here tonight and at home who want to mean real business with God, who are not playing on the fence or, you know, skirting Christianity, but you are sincere about your walk with God. You love him with your whole being as he requires you to do. Amen. A good passage to read on the topic of love is 1 Corinthians 13. If you're new in the faith, I'm sure that will help you. Now, I have, as I, as I wrap everything up tonight, I have a few thoughts about this recipe. The first thought is God has already provided these ingredients. We don't have to search for them. They are play, in plain sight. They are, and, and you know what? All of these recipes we heard tonight, I'm sure many of you have had to go from supermarket to supermarket to speciality store to try and get that special recipe, uh, and it's, it's like you can't find it. It's like nowhere to be found. Whereas when it comes to the things of God, we can't say, Lord, but I can't find, you know, perseverance within me. But the Lord is saying, no, but I will pour it into you. Open your heart, humble yourself, desire that from me. Do you want to be effective? Do you want to be productive? I will make sure that you have that ingredient. Amen. And so, you know, God has given us what we need, plus he's given us his great and precious promises. We heard that tonight. And, you know, um, God is a way maker and a, and a miracle worker and a promise keeper. Do you know that the biggest miracle on the earth is not the blind to see uh, the healing of cancer, uh, the lame to walk. The biggest miracle on this planet is a born-again life, a born-again life. And so he is that miracle worker. He's that promise keeper. He's that way maker. Um, you know, it's right here in that passage that I, that I read to you. He will make a way for us to to have what we need in our lives, amen, to be, to be those effective and productive Christians. He will make a way. It says somewhere in the Word as well, somewhere else in the Word, it speaks about when you are facing temptation, He will make a way of escape for you. Don't we serve an amazing God, an amazing God, a miracle-working God, one who keeps His promises? And just read those scriptures again, you'll find and you'll read about his very great and precious promises. Amen. Number two, we cannot be a one or a two ingredient Christian. You know, there are seven ingredients that we need to add to our faith. There are eight ingredients with faith, but the seven ingredients we need to add to our faith is, to me, God's perfect number. Seven is God's perfect number. And those are the seven perfect ingredients that we need to add to our faith. If you only have one ingredient, and probably it won't be love, but if you say, um, 
In this case, I have got the uh, perseverance. <laughs> I'll persevere to come to church every Sunday when it's open or online. I'll persevere, I'll persevere. But you, you can't just have that. It's a very bland, it's the cremora that Mo was talking about. It's very bland. There's no fragrance to it. There's no flavor to it. Um, you want to you wanna be a, a, a person who has a fragrance about your life. Flavor, wherever you go, you spice things up. A little bit like Mel, but we're talking spiritually now. <laughs> you want to be salty. You want flavor in your walk with the Lord. Amen? Um, yeah, amen. And you know, it's a little bit like when you, when you, when you are busy cooking, uh, I've noticed obviously when you're busy cooking, you don't necessarily smell all the onions going and the garlic and the herbs and all the spices. But, you know, your husband comes home from work and, and what's that smell? It smells so beautiful. You know, it, it, the ingredients is what makes it smell beautiful. You know, it's the, it's, it's the, the, if you're vegan, please forgive me, but it's the meat and it's the herbs and it's the spices uh, the onions and the garlic. Give me a few other ingredients. Indian ingredients. Coriander. Bay leaves, basil. It's all these, these things that you can almost line up with these ingredients and characteristics that Peter speaks about, which is why we went this route with a cake, which I don't even bake or hardly eat. Um, but that is why you cannot be a one-ingredient or a two-ingredient Christian. You need to have all eight ingredients, the seven added to your faith. Amen. And um, thirdly, when we know who we are, we know what to do. What do I mean by that? When we know who we are in Christ, I know who I am, I know who I've been, I know who I've become, and I have a vision for who I am still going to become in my future. Amen? Then we know what to do in the face of temptations. We know what to do in stressful circumstances. These have been very stressful circumstances, have they not? And we can respond with confidence based on truth, the truth of God's word, and the truth of what we see in our own lives and what we experience God do in our own lives rather than the whim of our feelings in the moment. You know, I'm always reminded that when Paul was in the severest of storms, um, God spoke to him. And I'll quote you that scripture in a moment. But he was not only in the severest of storms, in the book of Acts 27, where the ship was falling apart. He was in chains. He was a prisoner for his faith. And he was really between a rock and a hard place here because it's bad enough being caught in the storm where the ship is falling apart underneath you, but you are, you're also in chains, you know? And God spoke to him, and he went to the captain of the ship and the crew of the ship because he had a a message from God. God came via angel to speak to him. Acts 27, verse 23 to 24. Last night, an angel of God, whose I am. Isn't that beautiful? Whose I am. 
and whom I serve stood beside me and said, do not be afraid. When you know who you are and whose you are, you will know what to do in the face of hardship and temptations and storms. You know, when we belong to God, we too can have that same confidence that Paul had. Did I say Peter earlier? That Paul had. Paul. I said Paul, right? It's so weird preaching to people. I'm so used to looking at the camera and even having an auto cue to help me just sound so like eloquent and here's the real me. This is Vilma. I trust that I've helped you this evening, that you, you understand that there's this amazing recipe in the Bible to help us become more mature, more effective, more productive. Uh, there's promises there of God in that very passage about keeping us from falling. Uh, just, just the best kind of advice I can give you at this moment in time as God spoke to me. Amen. But I want to leave you, if you're not, you know, if, if you're not um, feeling strong at the moment, if you're discouraged, if you've suffered loss, if you have suffered financial loss and um, things just went pear-shaped for you during this time, I can just imagine the stories that, that will come through once we're all safe and together and we can talk and we can hear each other's stories. I have a, a, an encouraging verse that I want to leave with you this evening. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 from the Living Bible, it says, And I am sure that God who began the good work within you will keep right on helping you grow in His grace until His task within you is finally finished on that day when Jesus Christ returns. Now, I love this translation because it tells me that there is a task within each and every one of us that God wants to complete. Isn't that beautiful? We're not just here, hanging around, waiting until Jesus comes. Yes, we are waiting until Jesus comes, but we're not just, you know, dangling on this earth and existing. We are called for great things. There are great things on the inside of us. God has placed his very own Holy Spirit on the inside of us. And there are tasks for us. There are divine appointments for us. There God nudges, that God wants to nudge us. Go and speak to that lady. Go and take her a briyani. Go and cheer her up. You're always greeting her, but she's always ignoring you. You go and bless. There's something that each and every one of us has got to do and keep on doing. The most important thing I want to leave with you tonight is just keep on adding in increasing measure those beautiful characteristics, the ingredients to a wonderful recipe for life so that you can be found to be pleasing God and being an asset within the kingdom of God. Amen. Now, I have this opportunity, and we're all going to pray and always end with an altar call. Altar call is just, this is the altar, and this is call for your heart to respond to God. And uh, when we receive salvation, that is when we confess that Jesus is Lord. We confess him with our mouths.
and we believe in our hearts that he has risen and that he is Lord. And then, and then God deposits his Holy Spirit within us. You know, we will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us to be his witnesses and to live this life, amen? And he will come and live within us and we will have a new identity as children of God. And so, right there in your lounge at home, if this is the moment tonight that has been prepared for you to make this beautiful declaration, then I'm going to help you pray. And if you are with us in person tonight, you, you've decided, I'm recommitting my life to the Lord or I'm making the Lord of my life tonight. If that is you, would you mind not just popping your hand up? I'm not going to call you forward. I doubt that the camera will see you. God bless you. I see that hand. Anybody else? God bless you. I see that hand. We get excited. God bless you. When we see hands, thank you. I see that hand. Beautiful. Wonderful. And if you don't respond now, it's okay. You can go and get into your car. Obviously, it's better to do it now, but you can do it later. And I see that hand. God bless you. And we're all going to pray together. Amen. And we're going to assist you and help you. They're at home here in this building. Father God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you want to do in my life. Thank you for sending Jesus. I confess tonight with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. And I believe in my heart that he has risen from the dead. And I receive him into my heart tonight. I make him my Lord and Savior. I ask for all the help that I can get to be effective and productive as a child of God. I thank you now, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you were blessed and inspired by this ministry. 